Welcome to the next best podcast with your hosts, Chris Cashman. 24 years old, a former sheet metal worker, Mr. America, and twice Mr. Universe. And Chris Daniels. Time Magazine even named him Person of the Century. All right, here we go. From the CNC Podcast Factory, here's the next best podcast. Chris, here we are back in the podcast studio. We want to break down the latest as we get ready for that hockey team to come to town, Chris. Perhaps lost in all of the other news is that Seattle officially has a professional fencing team now. Yes. Right? Exactly. They play play at Seattle Center. The arena formerly (laughs) known as Key. Uh, No, uh, we're talking about something that would seem... Not very sexy at face value, but but it's happening. Construction is underway. Well, I, I think if you followed this as long as you and I have, uh, to see actual movement on a new arena is exciting, even if it is just fencing. Fencing <laughs> has gone up. up. Uh, the fencing has gone up outside Key Arena, outside the skateboard park. This is yeah. for all the pre-development work, pre-construction work, staging, moving in, uh, the big trucks for the demolition. Uh, that it's just odd to see, as we did, that chain link fence sitting up on First Avenue there. Uh, after years of walking into that right. entrance, uh, that fence is up. That entrance is going to go away eventually. But it is really happening now where uh, within the next month, is my guess, right. you'll see some actual demolition there at Key Arena. Even though it seems like we are still in a bit of a holding pattern. I mean, nothing is official. We don't have a team as of yet. Uh, as I mentioned to you, I recently uh, I was hosting an event with, for the Seattle Police Department yeah. to pay off some parking tickets, and I think we're square <laughs> now. Uh, one of the Liwickies was there. Uh, you know, there's Tim, Todd, Trevon. I think we talk about all the Liwickies. Yep. Todd was there. And uh, he came up to me after the event because I had done a Steve Rabel impression. Mm-hmm. Uh, see the internet for details on that. <laughs> uh, he came up to talk to me about that. Uh, but he did something very cool, uh, kind of spontaneous in the moment because we did a raffle. And, uh, and it kind of kind of went sideways. We raffled off a couple things. We were supposed to do another one. And then apparently they didn't have the prize or whatever. So he came up and said, hey, I'm going to make good on this. Watch this. And he ran up on stage. And stood up there and greeted the crowd and basically said, yep, we're working on the hockey thing. And he said, it's not official yet, but he's like, but it kind of is. And to show you how confident I am, right now I'm going to pull a name out of this hat. And somebody here in this room, you're going to get the first set of season tickets, season one. I'm going to give you the first pair. And it was pretty exciting to watch that happen. Who knows if the person who won understands the gravity of that, but I thought it was a pretty special thing. And to me, it was very symbolic that, oh, yeah, okay, this this is happening. They're just greasing the tracks at this point. I'm impressed that you just came up with a Todd Lywicki impression. Was, <laughs> was that a Todd impression? I wasn't trying to do, I guess, but... You, you went a little nasally, a little higher up there, yeah. Well, b- both of them have, have uh, you know, who... Uh, it harkens back to uh, an advertiser, longtime advertiser in this area, the Shane Company, Tom Shane of the Shane Company. There's a bit of that to the Lywicki's voice. Yeah, well, I, I will say... Uh, uh, this will be a little bit bit of a tease to something that will roll out here in a couple of weeks. Yeah. But uh, to Todd, uh, I, I heard from somebody at Seattle Center talking about this whole project, and and they were saying how important Todd Lewicki has actually been in a short amount of time. Yeah. Uh, within about a six to nine month uh, time frame, when he came back to town to take on this NHL thing that, you know, there were opponents lining up in the Seattle center area, whether it be 
KEXP, the Pottery Northwest, uh, the businesses on the north side uh, or the apartment complex uh, to the west side, and that Lywicki, instead of looking at them as opponents, looked at them as potential partners. Right. And, and how important that was to actually closing the deal on building the arena is, is that he he basically went to all these people and tried to work out a deal and satisfy all their concerns. Right. And and that's why when you got to the finish line, you didn't have anybody standing up at the city council meeting saying you can't do this because. Uh, and, and this person that you'll hear from here in a few weeks mm-hmm. uh, said how important that Todd was in this process. So it's it's interesting to hear your story yeah. about him going to the Seattle Police Foundation dinner yeah. and doing what he did uh, because he has been making the rounds uh, here in town to really kind of get a good foundation for this group. Keep your friends close, your enemies closer, right? It's yeah. The, the frenemy. Yeah. No, he is a strategist, to say the least. So that's very cool. Things are slowly but surely happening. Uh, and we should also talk about some of the names that have been added into the fold here, because there's already been some big, like the Lywicki, some big heavy hitters who have a lot of credibility, but they've added one, a guy who knows a thing or two about hockey. Ibut. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll have poutine at the games. I don't hey, know. All right. uh, but Victor DeBonis, uh, who was the chief operating officer with the Vancouver Canucks, uh-huh. has accepted the job as the COO now with this Seattle hockey group. That's a big deal. So, you know, even though it hasn't been officially announced, right. it's a pretty strong sign that somebody with uh, loads and loads of experience in the National Hockey League, somebody who worked with Todd Lewicki, uh up with the Canucks organization, is now crossing the border and will uh, fill out that same capacity with this new group. Ken Johnson, uh, a longtime construction executive uh, in the market. He has done major projects involved in Safeco Field, uh, Showware Center, others here in town. He is going to be working on the construction of this new arena at Seattle Center. So that gives this group now even more credibility, uh, if they didn't have it already, that this is going to be completed, completed on time, uh, that they will have a business plan. I mean, they're starting to staff up now. Right. Uh, as we still await this kind of, we're in this kind of weird period right now, Hurry waiting for this, yep. waiting for this expected vote uh, in December third and fourth down in Sea Island, Georgia. But yeah, I mean this this just adds to their credibility. They've already added the local investors. Now they're they're staffing up their kind of operations and and day to day operations for this team that we expect to be awarded to Seattle. Fans are patiently waiting, but it seems like the conversation amongst most of them is, what are we going to call this team? And perhaps <laughs> what the color scheme will be. That's been a big conversation around town. Do they align themselves with the Seahawks? Do they pay a tribute to the Sonics? What's the latest on that? <clears throat> well, I think Dave Tippett uh, has said uh, he's the former coach in the National Hockey League. has been hired to be a front office executive or an executive to work with the planning on this whole group. He has said that the question he gets the most around town right. is what's the name <laughs> and what's the color scheme. Right. Uh, and, and I think that this group is likely narrowing down their list to probably a few different names and running them through their their marketing calculators right. and different branding things they can do. Well, and let's be honest, that's a substantial part of certainly professional sports these days. The money generated from merchandising, I mean, Seahawks fans certainly know a thing or two. Uh, You know, a decade ago, you didn't see a quarter of what you see walking down the street right now. It's all about, you know, it's the Oregon effect, right? It's all about the uniforms, the logo, the combinations. The first logo, the second logo, 
what your your slogan's going to be. Right. So think about you know I, I've 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 thought a little bit about this. And we've talked about it in the past, but you know like Steelheads for instance. Right. Do you have shirts that say Steel City? How right. do you have silver as part of that? Uh, what are your you know what are your slogans that you can come up with around a steelhead or the same thing sockeye socket to them right you know the, the t-shirts that you'll print the a fish the slogans dukes the like the, the the call for tickets i mean all, all that yep. stuff that factors in and i think the one thing that we can probably say with a certain amount of certainty is that is that okay to say a certain yes. amount of certainty yeah sure um is that it won't be green and blue uh, like we have seen with the Seahawks and the Sounders. Uh, and the reason why is because of the Canucks up across the border uh, have green and blue and an orca for their C on the front of their sweater, so as taken. the hockey folks like to say. Already so, taken. So it would be tough to be green and blue. Sure. And we have seen a lot of red and black in everything that NHL Seattle has done. And it seems like red or black or both would be involved in a potential color scheme for a new team. I think you have to have green or blue in there in some capacity. And, you know, maybe it's a tricolor thing, but I think red or black are going to be in this. And, and there were some hints dropped from Liwiki about non-traditional colors in recent interviews for this team. So I, I think they're going in that direction. And that might disappoint some folks, yeah, who want to just you know kind of have the same clothes all the time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think I think we're probably going to see a little red or black. In but there. somewhere right now behind closed doors, yes. there are certainly easels, drawings, many different combinations. I mean, I you have to assume that's already happening. That people are looking at dozens of options and logos and schemes and. It's probably running through focus groups, and people are signing non-disclosures. Yeah. I will not say anything. And and top top secret clearance probably yeah. stamped over everything. That's right. Yeah, um, yeah. So that is uh, one of the developments, and, and then the, uh, another is that it appears, according to Pierre LeBron, who's been a longstanding uh, hockey reporter for ESPN for TSN in Canada, he is saying the league has agreed the National Hockey League has agreed on a realignment plan involving Seattle. So when Seattle comes in, they'll be in the Pacific Division. They'll be a team that'll move over into a central uh, division. It could be Edmonton, could be Arizona. Uh, but that uh, it appears that the league has already made that plan for how 32 teams will work together, potentially rebranding the divisions. Uh, but that, that appears to be something that has been worked out already in advance of this vote now in December. So we're working on the arena here in Seattle. They're already talking about the practice facilities uh, up north. And I know that the the U.S. national junior team has suddenly come into the mix. Yeah, the juniors, uh, this is a big deal. Uh, the, the championships, they're going to be coming through the U.S. Uh, junior team, the national team, going to be coming through Western Washington and holding their training camp in Everett at the Angels of the Wind Arena. Uh -huh. uh, December 14th through the 18th, that's going to be something that's open to the public. These are the future National Hockey League stars, the younger guys, uh, and it, people will be able to watch them up close. I think that's going to add uh, some Angel of the Winds in the sale or mm -hmm. something like that because it's going to be happening right after this vote uh, that we expect to go Seattle's way in December. So... 
I think you'll see events like this kind of pop up to kind of continue to build the momentum for uh, hockey in Seattle. We'll continue to hear more about the practice facility, but these kind of events are, are, are what this group is going to have to build off of right. uh, to, to really get two years of, of a good head start before the team actually takes the ice. The timing of all this is very compelling because not only are we in a bit of a holding pattern, there's going to be a couple of years of development, but meanwhile, things are happening in the sports world with gambling. You know, yeah. I know the Times just wrote about that, the partnership between the NHL and MGM Resorts International. Yeah. That's happening uh, states like Washington that are starting to go, hey, sports betting, all right, let's figure this out. How's this going to work? So this could have a completely new look. Sports could be a very different thing, and certainly at the professional level by the time Seattle has its team on the ice. Well, I think the leagues are trying to figure out a new way to monetize what has been you know, this fantasy football thing over the last 25 right. years has turned into a cash cow for so many people. Yeah. Uh, and this, the, the fact that it's now open to all the states to, to have gambling, I think the leagues are now trying to figure out, can we, can we make that fantasy football environment, like, can you, can you bet on games from your phone while you're mm-hmm. sitting in a bowl, uh, you know, and, and how the leagues cash in on that? I think that's where this is all going mm-hmm. within the next couple of years. Yeah, it could be fascinating, the idea if Washington was to change their laws that you could sit you could sit in the bowl at the new arena at Seattle Center and bet on games that are going on in front of you. The technology part of it is going to be super fascinating to watch. Mm-hmm. I know even on the NBA side, maybe you notice that a headline with it, Balmer was testing some augmented reality yeah. on the court so that you could watch the game through glasses and you'd see other information popping up, stats, the likelihood of things happening. could be super interesting. And uh, maybe you also saw that Russell Wilson, you know, who has been pushing that Trace Me app they basically have determined eh, it's not working. It, it just people aren't going there for this. There's other avenues to follow along. Your favorite celebs on the road. Uh, he has now dumped that, and they're getting ready to launch something that is sports related. Will let you kind of do the fantasy thing. So this is all changing pretty quickly, and it's, it's all right in our phones. And it's uh, happening now. I mean, we can say it's it's happening. I mean, mm-hmm. it, you just drive by Seattle Center, and you can see the future in a couple of years. It's going to be dramatically. Dramatically different there. And hopefully we can figure out the transportation by then. (laughs) Yes, right. We'll have flying hover cars by then. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. The very latest, unless, of course, you're listening to this in the distant future. There's nothing we can do about that. Passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. On Twitter and Instagram, at Next Best Pod, this is the exclusive ending of the Next Best Podcast.